ladies, gentlemen, and podcast fans around the world, welcome back to Better Than Most Things with your hosts, Sean and Max. Hey! Ha-ha. Thank you very much, Producer Mystery! Thank you. That sounded like I was swashbuckling right then. Ha-ha! You were? I saw that handout and everything. It really worked for you. Thank you. Thank good you. Good look. So did you hear about uh, Shatner? Of course I did. What'd you hear? He's going to space next week. That's what they say. Yeah. That's the word in the street, dog. And he's going to be the oldest guy to ever go to space. I don't know why that's annoying. Maybe, yeah. So he's going to be 90 years old, William Shatner, or oh, wow. Captain Kirk, as we all know him as, mm-hmm. as you know, from the original Star Trek series, which I've seen a few episodes of, and that's enough for me. Fair um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, he's going to be 90 years old, and he will be the oldest person who ever flown in space. He's going to go on the uh, Blue Origins new Shepard vehicle, you know, the Bazozo Express, I was calling it. <laughs> Isn't that Bezos? I call him Bezos and Bozos and then Bezozo. <laughs> That's how I've done it. Because <laughs> I used to call him Bezos. And I was like, ah, just Bozo. I call him Jeff Bozo. And, so the Bozozo Express. And now I go on the Bozozo Express. Is, so so he was already on. So basically it's the same thing that, you know, Bozozo was on. I like that. And um, so I'm kind of like, first of all, it's like he's basically going on a fancy airplane ride. Yeah, because they, they just scrape the edge of space and weightlessness, and then they come back down. And you're maybe up there for, what, a couple minutes? At most, yeah. yeah. Cambrian line, is that the thing we were talking about? Uh, Carmen. Thank you. God, every time this happens. Carmen Car- line, Carmen 62 line. miles above the surface. Carmen line, that's right. You're basically just you know touching the Carmen line, technically going to space, and then going back, and which is cool, which is cool. But at the same time, eventually, I feel like it's just going to turn into so many, like, I'm the first blonde under 34 with a name beginning with M to go to space. Right. I'm just you know who's going to go up? Who? David Rush. Oh. What's maybe he, you he's going like to do Guinness records up there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for those who don't know, the Guinness Corner segment, we always have a guy named David Rush, who's basically a guy who breaks a lot of Guinness records just for the hell of it. And I'm wondering, how would you break a Guinness record? Maybe going up there the fastest, the longest. He'd be the first Guinness World Record holder to go to space. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate you. He has... That's a good one. <laughs> That's his, like, dist- he probably balanced, like, a, a freaking garden hoe on his head up there, too, or something. Like, yeah. while juggling, I also got two other awards See, up there. there's no credibility with him, so he could do anything. The, the first person to eat, 12, to eat 12 Twinkies in space, you know, whatever, uh-huh. like, yeah. The first man in space to go back into space. <laughs> first person to chug a Capri Sun in space. The first person to chug a Capri Sun in space is back in space, breaking another record. More Capri Suns in space. God, I want that money. Anyway, yeah. So, but if a ninety-year-old man can go to space and survive, we don't know the yet. travel. Fingers hey, crossed. Well, exactly. Fingers crossed. <laughs> then uh, that gives me that hope. Proof. That is proof. Yeah. Because you've said multiple times, my body is like a ninety-year-old man. So I have said that, that is something I could <laughs> maybe survive. Every time I there. see you naked, it's the first <laughs> thing that pops in my head. <laughs> so actually, uh, so Shatter is actually going to take it away from. Uh, Wally Funk, who is the currently the oldest person to ever fly in space, at 82, she was uh, on the old Bezozo Express trip, basically, when Bezozo went up. You like that, huh? <laughs> you, like, you like Bezozo. <laughs> Good. I'm going to keep calling him. <laughs> I'm definitely going to use it in future episodes when we're talking about the Blue Origin ship. Yeah, it's yeah the Bezozo Express. But anyway, so she, so she already you know, made headlines for going up there. And then there's also Peggy Winston, who still has her uh, record still going. In 2017, she turned 57 while completing a 289-day mission aboard the International Space Station. Now, that is a good... You know, old person in space. You listed something. off a bunch of numbers there. She, in 2017, she, cause her record is still standing. Cause she's like the oldest woman to fly aboard an orbital space flight for this long. And so she turned 57 while completing a 289 day mission aboard the International Space Station. It was basically almost a year. Yeah. That is crazy. That's worthy of like, oh yeah, she's definitely the oldest woman to do that versus like Shatner flew on a plane trip eating caviar the whole time like yeah i also just broke a little i'm the oldest man ever man like yeah whatever like even though cool cool man i don't know no it's fine because at the end of the day that's what we're gonna get used to all of this because shatner's going up and then Nicki minaj and then you True. know just everybody's gonna be going to space it's gonna be the next thing like first female rapper to go to space yeah there you go it's gonna be like putting a diamond in your forehead you know it's just gonna come commonplace <laughs> for sure that actually is true, right? Because, like, that's the great frontier. And once we start keep exploring it more and more, it's going to be, like, mundane. Like, oh, you haven't been to Las Vegas? Everyone's been to Vegas. Totally. Like, I'm not the first man to go to Vegas. Like, whatever. Totally. The in crowd would be like, Dubai is out. Let's for go to space. <laughs> exactly. Dubai's out. 
Well, another th- uh, funny thing that kind of happened recently in California. Hope we skip right by it. Here we go. So firefighters were called uh, to a California beach to conduct a cliff rescue. <laughs> I'm surviving right now. I had to burp a little bit. Just, yeah, I was sitting there like, okay, California. I was actually, the audience didn't know, but your laughter, I must, we must, we can even write that I suck on there. But anyway, morning, um, firefighters uh, came on. So firefighters came to a California beach and uh, to do a cliff rescue because someone called Ooh. to say they saw a woman clinging to the rocks. Oh, okay. Yeah, like with no climbing gear or anything. And so the Santa Barbara County Fire Department went out there to Hope Ranch Beach. And like I said, someone was hanging to the cliff. And they found out it was a mannequin from a movie shoot. Uh, <laughs> that the studio left up there? I guess. Yeah. That doesn't, it just, it was there. It says a movie shoot was date were happened a couple days beforehand. And it was just left over. But this thing was hanging there for days. And then someone called like, it looks like a lady just like trapped on the, on the cliff. So she, they called 911. Well, that uh, that pisses me off. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, what? why this movie got permission to shoot there, and then they just left some of their shit there? Like, fuck you. Clean just up. A mannequin. Pack out everything you pack in, frankly. <laughs> like, I thought it was funny. I like how like, pissed off you are right away. Like, I'm so mad at that company. <laughs> it's. I mean, Hollywood is notorious for, like, leaving shit behind and wrecking places and, like, when they shoot there. And so this is just another example of that kind of shit. And it's like, man, fuck you guys. Like. <laughs> Well, the the department did say officially that the witness did the right thing by calling nine one one. They said better to call than not because I mean, yeah, I, I was sitting there tripping too. Like, what do you do if you really think it's a woman? You just like sitting there watching it, not moving. It's like, oh, it's on the side of a cliff. And how long do you watch for? Like, is that a person? Like, what do I do? Hey, get my BB gun. Yeah, <laughs> let me shoot it. If it moves, yeah. I'll call someone. Yeah, exactly. We'll figure this out right quick. <laughs> well, that was a small little subject, but I think it was just so goofy that that's just some of the shit. It's like. That's just some of the shit firefighters have to, you know, deal with. You know, cats out of trees and mannequins on the side of cliffs. And well, for a second, when you're talking about um, this story being out here in California and cliffside and this and that, I was thinking, okay, how is he going to tie this back to Jetpack Man? Oh, he could have saved the day for sure. He could have, he could have gone there and solved the problem way quick. How do we know he didn't put it there? Huh? He or Why she? Are you doing this to me. Of course he did. God damn it. What if that's what the movie's about? If that's what he wants. He wants to wait he wants to waste resources of the community. Uh, Why? Now he's a villain though. He's a savior. What are we doing? No. <laughs> God. He's a hero. Bitches. Even though he flies near airports, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a bad move. All right. Well, I got a story here that comes courtesy of our Discord. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had a listener um named Nupbox, and he gave us this story here. So thank you very much, Nupbox. Thank Nupbox. you, Nupbox. And uh, here it is. A new discovery in New Mexico has reset our timetable for when we think humans first occupied North America. Okay. That was like last year when we did that, right? Humans occupied North America? Uh, Or a couple years ago? Yeah, probably a couple years ago. Okay. I've only been alive yesterday. Feels like it. Okay. So they've adjusted the timeline. Yeah, you you and I personally enjoy uh, the stories that we bring up here where it pushes back our timeline of human knowledge of when we think we settled down. Of society in in general, basically. Yeah, exactly. And so this is another one of those stories. Okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, They were human footprints, obviously, and they were discovered on the shore of an ancient lake bed in New Mexico. Ooh. Is there any chance it could be a time-traveling footprint? (gasps) I don't think so okay <laughs> i think it's a very remote chance <laughs> hey professor could it be a time travel? stop <laughs> asking that question well okay so the feet print were uh smaller in size and so they suspect that these were kids or adolescents that had wandered away from the parents and were playing near the shore they do like mud right so uh it could be that they were kids, or could be that they were just tiny people that traveled back in time. So I, you know, I, I mean, don't know. You don't Jury's know. Out. You never don't know. Jury's out. Mm. Uh, the footprints date back to twenty three thousand years ago. So that's, I guess, farther than we thought people were even here at all, even Native Americans. Or are they? Is that what they're trying to say there? Uh, yes. Okay. So um, before that, there was only the buffalo. Let me find this one. Okay, so the previous idea was that the first people to occupy North America crossed a land bridge that existed between modern-day Siberia and Alaska 
during the last ice age. I have heard the land bridge. Right. I've heard of that before, people migrating over that or not or something like that. Yeah, so that uh, was between 26,000 years ago and 19,000 years ago is when we suspect that they crossed. So sometime around It seems so short, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, it's... I'm just so stupid, but yeah. 19,000 at the smallest. We're just in 2000 right now, so that's a long time ago. Yeah. So according to that theory, uh, they would have had to settle near the Arctic because ice sheets covering Canada made it impossible for them to go south. So this is the prevailing theory now Mm -hmm. or uh, before these footprints. Mm -hmm. Teeth, toothpaste. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> Not toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> then later, once these uh, glaciers melted between such and such years, the migration uh, could begin towards Southern America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, these things were found in New Mexico, which is a pretty landlocked area to begin with. It's pretty yeah. centrally, southernly located. Yeah. So uh, if they did cross the land bridge, they must have found a way through Canada oh, and definitely. down there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, people were just walking around. And at that time, there really was like wide open spaces and like a jungle. That'd be awesome. Although, I guess you don't know what the hell you're exploring and everything. But but still, then those kids, like those damn muddy kids that now everyone remembers them. I want to think about those kids' parents. Those are the true heroes. Those damn kids getting all muddy. Like, get out of that mud. Come over here. There's a mammoth here. We're going to go kill. People could have been tinier, too. Could be time travelers. Could be tiny people. I do like yeah. the tiny people theory. That, that is nice. That could explain a lot of gnomes and stuff. Ah. Mm-hmm. You love gnomes. So, uh, let me see here. Oh, I like that they were occupying this area during the last Ice Age. That kind of adds some context for me. Like, 23,000 years ago was the peak of the last Ice Age. Like, I didn't know that. That seems close, right? Yeah, it Everything does. just seems close. Like, I'm like, wow. But I know, like, in the grand scheme of things, human are, humans are just like a blink in the eye of all totally. the other species. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of the idea that if a civilization of our stature existed oh. millions of years before us, we would never know never it. Never know. And that blows my mind. Like yeah. Dinosaur people. Well, even this 23,000 years ago thing, that could be footprints from an Atlantis civilization that had like, they were shooting laser beams. Those weren't kids. They were the small gnome people having <laughs> the laser <laughs> things against the witch aliens. And then, of course, that all got destroyed after the Ice Age and all the ice melted and then... All we have is that footprint and a couple trilobite stuff. I mean, all, right. All. all right, L. Ron Hubbard. That's Dial all we back got. And the, the frogs are going to turn them gay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just love that impression. The bottom is his voice. Oh, my gosh. All right, we need an audit in here. Tell me how you're feeling. Good. Yeah, that was my Scientology joke. Oh, so that'll get, I didn't get it. I wasn't sure. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't getting it. I was like, I think good. <laughs> and that story was uh, came to you from Bournemouth University in England, which uh, I think is planning to rename themselves to something a little better than Bournemouth. <laughs> Jason Bournemouth. <laughs> it's spelled like Jason Bourne, but it's oh, Bournemouth. <laughs> Got some funky names over there. <laughs> I speak English. But... That's right, England. Get some funky names. <laughs> so... I was reading a, an article about snakes, and they're basically, they're, I guess they're common ancestors, I guess you'd say, something like that. To humans? No, but that oh. would be interesting, right? Yeah, okay. That would be really cool. <laughs> yes. I like this. We should just start, we should like set up the topic and then have us guess the ending. <laughs> like, <laughs> your next one, set up what you're about to talk about, and I'll try to <laughs> remind me. I'll try it. Okay. okay, but no, that has nothing to do with this. How dare you? Um, so, okay, this is about snakes, so. So basically, um, 66 million years ago, that was the asteroid that destroyed basically the dinosaurs. And right. that in that same destruction, it basically destroyed most of the snakes out there as well. Huh. I didn't know snakes existed, but I guess, you know, I never really thought about it. I mean, pretty much everyone, like, we just figured out everyone but us is millions of years old. I mean, we're right. millions of years old, too, because of all the evolution and shit. But yeah. Yeah. There's fucking snakes and trains and planes, all that shit back there. Um. So, like I said, 66 million years ago is when that happened. It's called the Crustaceous uh, Paleogene Mass Extinction. We just call it the one that killed the dinosaurs, basically. Mm-hmm. And it now appears like just a handful of the asteroid-surviving snakes are went on to evolve to all the snakes we know today. So it kind of sounds like, I think we talked about on the show, that cheetah thing. Although it's not as bad as the cheetah. At one point, the cheetahs were part of a mass extinction to the point I think there was only something like under 10 cheetahs left, period. That's why every cheetah is super inbred. We talked about that in the show, guys. Remember, your watch your past episodes. 
I don't remember. I oh, mean, I wish I knew which episode that was. That'd be awesome. Ah. But um, anyway, so kind of a similar thing happened to the snakes. Not as intensely as the cheetahs, but the asteroid took out a bunch of snake species, except for these handful. And they all, and so all the snakes we know today basically came from like a handful of. I don't want to say handful. That's like hard to you know. So couple. are they inbred, or have no. they mutated enough to be diverse? Mutated enough to be diverse. Remember, this is 66 million years ago, so they had like plenty of time to like change and. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's yeah, what's yeah. kind of cool about this, actually, is um. So this uh, like I said, it's called the Crustaceous Paleogene Mass Extinction, or the Dinosaur Killing Super Rock. And um, what's cool about this is like these um, this person researching it was saying it's remarkable because not only are they surviving an extinction that wipes out so many other animals, but within a few million years they are innovating and using their habits in new ways. So basically, like. The, the whole planet was like cleared out of bullshit. So now these snakes, I was thinking the same thing. Like these, like these snakes, it's almost like these people with the footprints. Like the snakes just went out into a new world full of just lava pits and crap. And like, oh, all right, there's nothing here smashing me anymore. And they became like, I don't say the dominant species, but they became way more dominant than they were hmm. back then, which is neat. Okay. <laughs> so they figured this out by combining uh, different modeling approaches involving genetic data and fossil sampling in uh, different time periods to kind of figure out roughly like the timeline of snake from the extinction to now. And so, like I said, there's suddenly a lot more room to move for these snakes. So um, the extinction of the competitors, including other snake species, meant the survivors could uh, go about, uh, you know, to their heart's content and move into new uh, niches, new habitats and even new continents. And um, it's, uh, they, they called it a form of creative destruction. By wiping out old species, it allows uh, survivors to exploit the gaps in the ecosystem and then experiment with new lifestyles and habitats. That's kind of fun. I wonder what would have happened if the snakes were allowed to flourish without the comet. wonder how many different snake species we'd have or what that would look like. Well, those mass extinctions, they're not lying. Like, this isn't from this article, but I remember just, just reading about mass extinctions. Every time they say that... 90% of the species on Earth, like 99.9, die right. instantly. Jesus. So, like, we're the, the survivors of, like, two or three mass extinctions. So, I, I always wonder, like, what if those one or two of them didn't happen? There'd be, there'd be, there'd be so much. We'd probably be, you More know, not shit. even too much shit. You know, the, yeah. the bugs would be, like, baseball size or something. Like, no, get the fuck out of here. I don't want this crap. Like, so. Um, yeah, so, like, the snakes, man, like, they're all... You know, they have a common, I don't say a common ancestor, it makes it like, shows like the mother snake, but it just like, they also had a mass extinction, but the few of them survived. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, so this article went on to say uh, a general feature of evolution is, is the periods immediately after major extinctions, where we see evolution at its most widely experimental and innovative. Like we said before, pretty much there's just room to grow and get bigger and no one, no dinosaurs are smashing you anymore or eating you, so you get to... Like, I always wonder, like, what happens if all the humans... You've seen that show, like, Life After Humans and stuff? Like, I guess if all the humans disappeared, they usually say all the plants take over. The earth. Yeah, I was going to say nature. Yeah. yeah. It destroys our roads and... But then it would be landed, probably Planet of the Apes eventually. Oh, God, I hope so. But, we, yeah, we do know that there were snakes before this extinction because um, they've seen some of the fossils and their vertebrae are different. Ooh. But, uh, like, all the snakes you know today, like vipers, cobras, tree and sea snakes, boas and pythons... They all occurred after the massive 6.2-mile asteroid hit the Earth 66 million years ago. Wow, that's 6.2 miles. Yeah, I didn't know. That's why I, I didn't realize that it was that big either. That's huge. That's really big. What was it? Um, man, I didn't do the story, but there was another uh, story about an asteroid that's going to be entering our solar system in like 2030. That that's is, really big. That is massive. It's like a tenth the size of the moon or something. I I, I read about that too. It was like um, wasn't they thought there. it was a dwarf planet? Yeah, exactly. Like you read them, it's like that's it's like you can boil it down to one sentence. Yeah, for sure. But it was like a dwarf planet at one point. They were considering it, and it was moving or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's gonna be um, I think like eight astronomical units away from the sun at its closest point to the sun so it's not coming anywhere near us and there's just there's no story there but um it's good to tracking it though like i have another story yeah. later on kind of about this too but like it's really cool that they're just aware of that stuff like they gotta keep the planet safe bro dude i it's not bruh, about keeping bruh. the planet safe bruh. at that point it's about alerting everybody and then getting your your people, some people, in bunkers to survive the nuclear winter while the rest of us <laughs> Get just... Get the fuck out of here. Don't, I mean, what are you going to do? That's you can't... You're not sending a drill We'll talk about team. it later, what you're going to do, but you're going to do... <laughs> you're just going to hide. 
Remember that story get, I did? Get in your bunkers. Hurry. Like, it's an old bus. It'll be okay. Like, okay. No, no. I'm dead. You're dead. But, like, the president is probably going to be put in a, a Cheyenne Mountain bunker. That's a, a 6.2 mile asteroid. Only snakes and cockroaches are going to survive, bro. <laughs> Not fucking us and these things. Remember, like, this, these things killed Atlantis twice or some shit. We, like, we know it. We have the no proof. <laughs> the no proof is the proof. Don't you, you see? <laughs> God. Politicians are snakes and cockroaches. I, I, just, like, I can't make that I any did. more clear. Um, yeah. Speaking of small, tiny things, the smallest flying man-made structure has been created. The smallest flying man-made structure. Yay! So, uh, it's not a. They're not calling it the fly. The smallest plane or the fault. The smallest uh, droid. Uh, not droid. A drone. Nope. A flying structure, like a building, like a small building. <laughs> <laughs> I think of a structure. I think of like a tent or a, some type of scaffolding. Well, okay. So let's um, structure. Let's define flying. Is a plane a structure? A f- yeah. Lame. It's okay. A, it's a construct. <laughs> a construct. <It's> a... <laughs> <laughs> Am I a structure? <laughs> no. So you were put. You were put together. I'm a right? biostructure. You fucking fuck you. Fuck anyway. You. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, flying. It doesn't necessarily like flap its wings or use a propeller to move. What it does is it glides on the wind. Bubbles. It, uh, oof. Oof. Okay, well, that's an interesting theory, but this one is oh, okay. smaller than an ant's head. Smaller than an ant's head. Yeah. So not that's bubbles. That's small. That is small. And that's the whole structure. Uh, it's not made up of things smaller than the ant's head. The whole structure is smaller than the ant's head. Correct. Oh, my gosh. Um, a structure. It then, would... my, then, that, then that means my dick's a structure. <laughs> Under that definition, finally. Than an ant's head. Shut up. I got... <laughs> Keep going. Yes. Uh, researchers at Northwestern University have developed this tiny microchip, and uh, the study was in the journal Nature. So what it is, is it's a tiny little microchip with three fins coming off it, and they ran this thing through a series of wind tunnel tests and computer simulations and whatnot, and based it on um, several different types of uh, seeds from plants. And uh, when when the seed detaches from the plant, it has some sort of fins on it or whatever that helps carry it away from the plant through the wind, like a dandelion or you know, whatnot. Funny, I think as you described, I think I've seen the picture. Oh, of this because we go to science websites, and uh-huh. I think I saw like small. I thought I was just smallest drone. I was just like, man, whatever. And so, but now I'm starting to understand what you mean by structure. Now that I've seen the picture, and you just described it. There's no moving parts. There's no moving parts. Okay, it's just a solid thing. And since it looks kind of like a almost like a fidget spinner, spinny thing, it kind of does. It just, you say you you could throw it into the wind basically, and it kind of goes on the wind. Yeah, actually, I didn't even see that. I saw some. Yeah, oh, that makes more more sense now. Is that I, of course I didn't read the article, but that's okay. And Structure does is a good way to put it. Covered in <laughs> pathways, electrical pathways, and whatnot. And this reminds. Oh yeah, keep going. Yeah, so this reminds me of a movie really quick. I don't know. Did you yeah. think of what is it? Oh, uh, uh, from Twister, Wendy. Oh, right. They yeah, basically yeah, put a yeah. bunch of like tinfoil like microchips fans into onto like the ball microchip things and yeah. just threw it into the tornado <laughs> and just. That structure went <laughs> went up into the tornado, and then they're like, "Oh, look at all this number ones! And look at all this data! We could data! Look, <laughs> it was worth everyone dying! Look, we yeah. got it! We can create a three D model of the tornado we can, now, now. We know it spins. Uh. Like <laughs> <laughs> somehow it was gonna predict, it was gonna predict something. Like we could save lives by knowing they're coming with the spinnies." <laughs> so what you see, they hope one day to use uh, these things to monitor air pollution. Oh, but in reality, uh, they will probably be used to gather population information so Google can better learn to sell you yeah. Amazon shit. I say, yeah, well, let's have more plastic pollution out there, too. Let's just release millions of these. And they're like, we're like oh, actually, they're clogging up the pores of the bee buttholes or whatever. <laughs> they were all dead. <laughs> no. Some. So these things are made uh, oh, with wow, biodegradable materials. Sorry. Sorry. But look, there's a picture of it on some fingertips because he did say it's tiny. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I forgot about that because it was so zoomed in that picture you showed us. It's literally smaller than the. Oh, yeah, and it's covered in circuit boards. Oh, that's kind of freaky now. What are they going to do with this? Just ping it with sensors? Slide into your ear. Yeah, right. They could. <laughs> oh, dude, there's a lot of good stuff here. So. You can, like, breathe them in. Um, yeah. What if? <laughs> 
So uh, about the whole tri-winged design, mm-hmm. uh, they are so confident with their design that the lead author said, fuck nature. <laughs> he didn't say fuck that. Nature but what he doesn't know shit about stuff. <laughs> what he did say is, uh, we think that we beat nature because their design is better than uh, some of nature's designs as far as carrying stuff on the wind. Yeah, but they they had to look at nature. They learned too. from they, nature. They, they, I know yeah, they yeah. cheated off nature, and now they're talking <laughs> shit on it. <laughs> okay. Um, they were also able to build the structure with a smaller size than what's found in nature. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah. It's made from biodegradable polymers and will dissolve naturally after landing. Okay, they claim. Right, they claim. They claim. And, um, well, I'm looking at like some of the circuitry here, and isn't that problem? Some is of the problems metal? with like, yeah, like the nickels and the it's, the other various I think it's metals. Just being stupid at this point. I mean, we've done like five thousand topics where they're spraying the shit on stuff, so it's so thin. <laughs> so I don't know if it even is. But at some level, isn't it still that? I don't know. I need to go listen to our old shows. <laughs> like I always forget the topics. It's too much. Too much work. So much information. Um. So they also uh, demonstrated that these things can hold various sensors. So photo sensors, uh, pH, air particulate sensors. Oh, man. So they really can release these things in big clouds. We wouldn't even know. Yeah, we wouldn't even know for sure. You would not even know. Um, this, is, this is interesting. The devices also come equipped with onboard memory and a wireless transmitter that can relay the data to computers. What the fuck? I raise Jesus Christ. <laughs> and pretty soon it's like, and they're all neuralink together, and they learn like, like they're pretty much they're gonna hack the planet, bro. Like it's gonna become like this network of these things making more micro. You're crazy. not far off yeah. because now that they can send and receive signals, the goal is to one day disperse these things in an area that is devoid of Wi-Fi signal or cell signal. Let's say the moon or in uh, the middle of the Sahara Desert or whatever, where you need to get a signal, you disperse these things and have them create a wireless network with one another to send the signal across. What if you breathe them in? That's still making me... I feel like you're going to be breathing them in. Yeah, then you're shitting gold. I know. That's, 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 I don't like the breathing in part. Everything sounds cool. It's like, oh, let's get a better Wi-Fi signal. Poof, and shoot a bunch of stuff. But for that's just it's temporary, I assume, it's, uh, with the wind. Unless you just keep producing these... I'm sure expensive things. Yeah, that's true. You got to just shit them on the ground and they eventually fall to the ground or they never fall. They should fall. No, I think (laughs) there's no way to retrieve them. I don't think they're looking to retrieve them. I think they they built these things because they want them to be disposable and evaporate into the atmosphere. Yeah. Or are they delicious? That's what I really want to know. Ah, okay. I buy them by the million and just like caviar that shit. That's a good reason to get them. Right. And And just have them examine your insights. Maybe you could. Maybe some would survive. Maybe you have to swallow them whole. Like I eat like a duck anyway. So yeah, but then be- they got to redesign it because there's no wind inside you. Unless you really want to like well, shoot them out. Maybe not you. <laughs> I'm covered in <laughs> covered in wind. I don't think that's how that works. Full of holes. I'm full of that wind. So I think it's time for the game. Is it? Is it? Isn't that time again? Actually, I didn't do all this. Per- Okay. Oh God, I didn't know that. I'll go to another topic right now. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna pick a something here. I don't even have one pick because they're all like stuck together. <laughs> sorry, guys. I didn't realize we we're doing this. I, I thought we did it at thirty. It's twenty five minutes. I was just, I had a. I, I started was, the clock late. This is actually the real time. Oh, <laughs> pretty much thirty. <laughs> okay then. Yeah. Sorry then, but I had reasons. Okay. <laughs> I hate being this judge, dude. I was pull like, up, I was, Max. I, I, I got it. No, pull up, Max. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. Stay on let target. Me, let me do it. Stay on target. I can do it. No. Okay. Okay. So, um, oh, hey, guys. Did you know what's better than most is our weekly debate game where we randomly choose two subjects, then our judge puts a spin on it, then our other two contestants debate it. Did you hear about that game we made? You hear about that stuff? We play every game. You know about it? Well, this week I am the judge of such things, and I get to do what I always do and be probably do blah 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 blah. <laughs> I don't know why you look. I did, I was I'm so pissed man. about. <laughs> no, I'm still pissed about the fucking. I'm like I was. I usually prepare myself mentally as I'm having a, as I'm talking to you guys. I'm like, okay, I gotta prepare for that bullshit. So all of a sudden, I was like, fuck, I gotta do it now. I would have. <laughs> as you were doing it, I would have sat there and grabbed one. <laughs> He's freaking so out. I've never seen him freak out like <laughs> oh, this. Oh, man. So I just want some professionalism. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got my thing. I'm gonna pick out of the magic hat here, and then we're gonna have some fun, everyone. <laughs> okay. Oh, perfect. I picked out of the magic hat. Okay. And here is today's prompt: a pack of cigarettes versus a six pack of beer. Okay. 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 And after the break, we will figure out what that judge will spin this in to. All right, we are back to the what's better than most game. I will be the judge, as I said earlier, and the topic was a pack of cigarettes versus a six pack of beer. So I have decided I'm going to give a pack of cigarettes to Mr. E. Okay. Which leaving the six pack of beer to host Sean. Okay. Now, you guys don't know what the topic is, but I will tell you now the topic prompt, whatever the fuck it is. Here's the spin. What would be the best gift to bring to a six-year-old's birthday party? <laughs> and to be clear, it is for the six-year-old. So again, for you at home, what would be the best gift to bring to a six-year-old's birthday party? A pack of cigarettes or a six-pack of beer? And to be clear, it is for the six-year-old. Who's going to go first? Oof, we have, okay. It has to be uh, Mr. E, because we figured out that Toshan has gone first a million times, supposedly. <laughs> So there's that. So you'll be going first. Let me get my timer set up and ready for you. Tippity tappity, tubity tubity. I am ready to go. Your time starts in three, two, <laughs> one, go. Okay, this is a tough one. So the reason why you'd rather bring cigarettes is because, although bad, a cigarette wouldn't inebriate your six-year-old no one wants a drunk six-year-old running around <laughs> at a birthday party where there's candles and other children but he'd probably fight with the other children as well um cigarettes are also seen as like a more of a social thing so like you'd be able to share cigarettes with the parents because there's 20 in a pack so there's plenty there um and it's a birthday party so we want memories right so there'd be like a sick picture of like everyone smoking cigs and that the, we'd have the six-year-old lighting the cig off the birthday candle okay uh, yeah, uh, other than that, um, you never said it was real cigarettes, so it could be, I could hit, bring a pack of candy cigarettes, maybe, for the six-year-old's no, birthday really. party. <laughs> okay, they're real cigarettes. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, um, you, it just comes down to not having Five a drunk six-year-old. I mean, damaging their liver at that age is just terrible, but, you know, that's all I got. Okay, let me finish that up. <laughs> damaging the liver of the six-year-old <laughs> is bad. All right. It's bad. Host Sean. Your time begins, and now. Okay, so here's why a six-pack of beer would be better for six-year-old's birthday party, because, uh, first of all, he's kind of a cheap date. One beer would get him fucked up, so that's awesome. Uh, and once he's fucked up, you know, you can just take the rest of the beers back home. He'd never know. He's six. Like, you, can, you can get away with a lot there. Um, after that, you know, I think he's six at heart, but really, if you've ever talked to the six-year-old, he's 21 in spirit. You know, he's got it going on. Uh, plus, it could be the cheap stuff. He doesn't know good beer. You could just bring a six-pack of Budweiser. It doesn't have to be some, uh, you know, Swedish IPA or some shit. Uh, 20 seconds. <laughs> um, uh, after that, um, you, you introduce him to the beer. That way, he knows what beers taste like, and he's probably going to be pretty grossed out by it. That way, in high school, he won't want to drink again. You know, we're gonna we're gonna scare him, and we'll make him sit down and drink all of them, and then we'll probably have to take him to the hospital. No time, but. no time. Make the six-year-old <laughs> drink the six-pack <laughs> and get sick and go hospital. All right, let me set up my timer for thirty seconds. <laughs> All right, Mr. E, please begin now. Okay, I just want the six-year-old to have a good time on his birthday party. I don't know why you're trying to get him super fucked up and get him <laughs> admitted to the hospital. <laughs> That's a little dark if you ask me. Um, in the end of the day, there's more SIG, so he'd be able to share with his friends. One thing I forgot to mention is that we'd have like we'd have games and contests. I'd teach him how to blow smoke rings. Um, we'd have some smoking contests of some sort. I couldn't give Five you seconds. any more details other than that. But yeah, stop trying to get the six-year-old fucked and fucking addicted to alcohol, man. <laughs> Cigarettes are better. <laughs> okay. Okay. Host Sean, I'm going to need a reply now. Okay. So uh, being addicted to cigarettes is better? 
like I'll just leave that where that stands. Um, and for uh, he's gonna have a great time with beer. I'm gonna guarantee that. You know, we're gonna guide him through this. It's like it's like the first time you do mushrooms. You know, you got to have a friend there that that knows the situation seconds. and can teach you the ropes. Um, after that, like the parents are gonna love it. The six year old's gonna pass out early that night. He's not gonna be all jacked up on sugars and stuff. Like he's gonna pass out. It's gonna be great. Okay. Oh man, see, this is why I hate being the judge, man. I don't like because I like I want everyone to be a winner. So there's some good, good thoughts all around. Let's go into the first round with Mystery <laughs> Cigarettes. He said, although bad, it wouldn't inebriate them. I thought that was a good point for the six-year-old. And no one wants a drunk six-year-old. He would fight with the others. Um, uh, cigarettes are social. And they, he mentioned sharing with parents. I think you both mentioned sharing them at some point, it uh, seems like. Um, I, actually, I actually didn't. Oh. I was, was going to steal the rest of the beers he didn't drink. Oh, I do remember that. Yes, I do have that in there. Stealing his beer is part of yours. Uh, he said there's a birthday party. So it's a memory. I like that there's a memory in the six-year-old lighting the, the, the birthday cake. That's so funny. That's really good. And and, you know, being drunk would damage the liver of the six-year-old. Um, and then we, we had host Sean, though. He said uh, he's a cheap date. Well, after one beer, he's fucked up. And you can take the rest for yourself. Uh, you know, he'd have a, the six-year-old is 21 in spirit. And he can have cheap stuff. None of that other IPA Swedish stuff. Uh, you can intro him to beer. He knows what it tastes like. It won't ever drink again and scare him straight from the high school stuff. And then he's mentioned he's sending him to the hospital. Um, and then on your reply, you're like... Uh, yeah, it's going to the hospital is bad, and um, I want the six-year-old to have a good time, not fucked up, and the hospital share share with his friends. I like the games with the smoke rings, too. Yeah, he mentioned smoke rings, and then your rebuttal, you um, mentioned being addicted to cigarettes is any better, and, uh, you know, beer's going to be a good time, you're gonna, and it's, you're going to guide him through <laughs> it like mushrooms, and the parents are going to love it, and he's going to pass out already. I think both made good points. On what just happened, I really think this. Prompt. I think this uh, six-year-old definitely is going to have a good time there. Um, <sighs> you are being blown up over there. Uh, that's yeah. Um, it's my baby mama. Um, <laughs> I don't want to because I know you've been on a losing streak, but I have to fucking <laughs> give it. I have to give it because I liked the party atmosphere he described. <laughs> Just made it funnier. I think like there's something about like is like just lighting it off the cake. That was like the one. It was like just lighting that shit off the cake, and everyone's like, it just sounds like a fun time. Yours was like you're stealing his beer and you're fucking. Get he's wasted. He's got. He's going to the hospital, and like he's gonna like it, but it's like he's gonna learn today. I'm like, ah, uh, like even though his seemed more positive and more fun, and he's gonna even teach him smoke rings. He's even interactive with the kids. I don't know. I just that's why I chose. Yeah. I'm GG. sorry. I really want to do this, but Not, I have this to be is, honest. This is an impartial game. I have to be honest. Yes, it just it's stuck yeah, in it's my mind. It's a tough more. job, but someone has to be the judge. <laughs> I think for me, for me, it's like the set pieces in your mind. When you if you can imagine like a weird scenario, that's what it makes me laugh. And I can imagine like just the kid like Whoa, lighting up off his birthday candle, like yeah, just like yeah. All right. Well, here <laughs> let me blow your minds with something I heard recently. It's a brain disorder called Lilliputian hallucination. Oh, I've heard of that. Oh, I've heard of Lilli- Lilliput. Okay, what is it? It's li- from uh, Gulliver's Travels, right? Yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, it's like, I'm not sure which one it is, but Lilliput, I think, is like small I, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, like, I think people. that's the race of people that yeah. tie them down or whatever. Yeah. He goes to a bunch of different lands, Gulliver. Oh, I didn't know that. He um, goes to a giant land and a land uh, with talking horses. Yeah, this disorder is actually named after the people from Gulliver's, Gulliver's Travels. Okay. Do they get smaller, these people who have this? Yeah. <laughs> One thing at a time. Okay. No, that is not what happens to these people. Lay. The person experiencing this condition will see lots of tiny people oh. dressed in colorful jester-like outfits. Creepy. And this is a real condition, folks. They will see... Small jester-like people dressed in colorful outfits. Yes. As if you're seeing like Lilliputians or something. Yes, totally. About nine inches tall is the average size of these things that people see. Um, this makes me think of a Stargate episode. We keep going. Ooh. Ooh. So uh, something that happened here is uh, there's a quote from this study. It says, they involved tiny men, women, children, gnomes, imps, or dwarves 
often strikingly dressed as harlequins, clowns, dancers, soldiers, peasants, mandarins, uh, crafton wearers, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. And a reoccurring comment was that the figures were rendered in exquisite detail. So these things, these things are sitting in front of you. Just dancing. Dancing and doing their thing, and they, they look complete. It's not like the, the kind of blurry mind fills in the blanks, like you see bells on the mm. end of these things. And and they're jesters or peasants, you said, too. Peasant ones. That'd be fun to see. Like, <laughs> yeah. Please, <laughs> please, man, buy me your food. Like, <laughs> eat a sandwich and go away, you peasant dwarf, or whatever you're seeing. The person will see thousands of these little guys, and in one case, millions. Okay, so who's seeing these though? Yeah, like, like one what, guy. What how many disorder guys? do you That's have to question. have? Lilliputian, or is it like Duke random? <laughs> no, no. Do you um, infected with it? Is it like a like a a virus? No, no, no. This is some sort of brain disorder. And um, oh, you said that. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. No, no, no. So let me see here. Because um, there are underlying symptoms. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, how many people does it affect? Um, around thirty to eighty clinical psychiatric patients per ten thousand will experience this. And that is, I did the math, that is 0.003% wow. of clinical psychiatric patients. Meaning, you know, how many people in this room see a psychiatrist? I don't. Yeah, I don't. I do. <laughs> do you? <laughs> yes. Okay, you're the one. You're the, yeah, so you're there the you one. Go. So, him. God. <laughs> so, I mean, that number is even smaller when you take into account the general population that doesn't see a psychiatrist. I always see him looking around, darting around. Are you looking? You seeing gestures, bro? There's darting his eyes. One under the table like, that keeps I, popping I, I, out, he's man. Touching my knee, <laughs> asking for food. My family, please. Save me. Now, and most of these were seen in people with like severe schizophrenia and, uh, you know, it, these heavy underlying conditions yeah. of uh, mental disorders. But for some reason, the brain like like it excretes a certain enzyme and it crosses a certain section and it touches somehow connects little people with colorful colorful outfits and then your brain kind of interprets those something that it creates this totally and people who suffer from it can see these things for as little as a few seconds or for decades that's crazy <laughs> right it's crazy that it's a shared hallucination too like they're seeing the same stuff no well, no well i mean they're saying like they're describing the same thing yeah, yeah right they, yeah they're not like you like you see them oh yeah of course like yeah yeah no I some it. psychic link <laughs> well on. i was gonna say it almost sounds like an episode of stargate where they, they could see all these creatures when they touch this artifact and they figured out that those creatures were always on earth they were just in a different dimension so it's like what if these people are just they could just see these Little people that really are here all the time, but they're Slightly the one out of phase. Yeah, they're just the ones who can see them or something. That would drive you crazy, right? Especially if the peasants were always, please, please, the, the elf, the jesters, <laughs> feed me. They take all of the food. So it all started back in 1909 with a French physicist named Raoul Leroy. Uh, he experienced the hallucinations and went on to document it. So he wrote, you know, all of his experiences down, and um, this new guy, Doctor or woman, I'm not sure, Dr. Jan Dirk Bloom, um, Dirk Bloom started there and gathered all the information he, she could. And, uh, you know, it, the way they broke it down uh, based on the information they got kind of reminded me of the UFO document. Phenomenon. Well, the UFO document released by the government and how mm-hmm. they, they gathered all the UFO evidence they could, but they had to get rid of some that didn't meet our general standards. Mm-hmm. And like um, eliminate some space debris or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So uh, this doctor here, Doctor Bloom, um, Bloom, went through all the evidence and you know cut out the chaff, and um, you know is putting together a nice document on this thing. This this super obscure, super weird, heady condition. Um, Maybe you have to be a little crazy to see the people. Doesn't mean they're not there. But unless they're all seeing the same thing, you're right. Otherwise, but you see the peasant, right? Yeah, the one that begs for sandwiches. Yeah, I see him all the time. Like, yeah, I hate him. That guy's the worst. If they follow you around too, wouldn't that be proof it's just you? Because shouldn't they like if you see one, like, oh, there's the peasant who begs for turkey sandwiches. I'm gonna leave this room. But are you gonna see other peasants, like different ones, the same guy? I thought this was interesting. Apparently, some of them, or most of the time, or some of the time, it was kind of unclear. Again, the the evidence is few and far between. But uh, they're supposed to be jolly in nature. These peasants you're seeing, 
Jolly so, peasants. So like, yeah, they're singing and dancing and like high fiving each other and shit and like rooting you on throughout the day. Like, <laughs> well, I guess yeah, I guess peasants itself it's it's a negative term. It seems like, but you can be a happy peasant. Yeah, just because you say you're poor doesn't mean you're unhappy. It just usually is the case. What a mental hell to live with. Oh, that's like I feel so bad for those people. Right? <laughs> like, they're crazy for a reason because they see crazy shit all day long. Yeah. Fuck. It would mess with you. And now you're seeing people dancing and I mean, it'd be fun to live, like, maybe for a day. Grog. Yeah, if we could, like, you know, inject our, their blood into ours. And for a day, that'd be kind of I'd fun. I'd like to try it. If yeah, it for like, a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't want to live there, but for a day, I'd try it out. Yeah. So Crazy. sad part of the study was uh, discovering that 18% of the hallucinations became chronic and 8% of patients died while experiencing them. So, so the peasants rose up and like attacked them. Probably some sort of Gulliver Gulliver's Travels. Like you know, we have we're tired of begging for sandwiches yeah, for yeah. decades, and you don't do <laughs> you shit keep, about it. Yeah. Turkey sandwich. You are a bad king. <laughs> yeah, I know. As that is like they're all the peasants, and you're the king, and they're always like, yeah. "Yay, king!" And they want you to do things like, "I don't, you don't exist, you don't exist." It's like, are you serious? Like we're right king. here. Just give us the sandwiches. <laughs> My psychiatrist says you don't exist. Uh, this can also occur with people who have uh, alcohol use disorder. So I think everyone oh. in this room is uh, susceptible to this. Oh yeah, I mean, I know when I see my peasant begging for his turkey sandwich, I'm like, it's, I gotta go home, guys. I gotta feed my peasant turkey sandwiches. Uh, and you know, ultimately, the study concluded by saying, if you want to avoid this condition, uh, stay away from 5G towers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh uh, yes. Amen. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Hmm. So we were talking about uh, asteroids earlier. So I want to talk about asteroids again. Ooh. Dun dun dun. Uh, what were we talking about? Like what to do if they were coming in? Oh, you said that that big one was coming in. Yeah, but it's it's way out there. For sure, for sure. But they they detected it already, which is good. Yes. Right. Uh, do you know when it's going to kind of get near us? Was it next year or something like that? No, I want to say it's like twenty thirty. So that's it's, great. Yeah, it's long ways away. Well, that's amazing because this is uh, this study was kind of about. Um, Earth's last line of defense, which is basically nuking an asteroid, uh-huh. and uh, it's saying that it's relatively effective. What? The study of nuking an asteroid. It's relatively effective? Well, hang on. So the nuking an asteroid is different than Armageddon, where they drilled into it to nuke it from within. Correct. So what, do they, what, what do they say about just hitting it on the surface? Well, the article says effective? it's straight up nuke the bitch. <laughs> That's what it says right here. Does it really? Yeah, just like fuck nature. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, basically, but that is like essentially what it is. Basically, nuking a an asteroid if it came in. But we're still talking about this study is about if it came in and in in you knew a year ahead of time or so. It's all about how long you know it's like before the asteroid's coming in. Okay. Knowing knowing a year ahead of time or or you know less than that, that's a a severe no no. That's like we had no way to plan for this. We're totally fucked. So our last ditch effort would be just to throw a nuke at it. Okay. And they're Fair saying enough. it's it's you know fairly effective. So basically, like I said, nuking it is called a late time small body disruption, which is basically nuking the asteroid. That's what it's called. Yeah, but I mean that would all depend on the the composition of the asteroid, um, how big it is, dense, <coughs> all correct. that stuff. Correct. A lot Speed. Of, correct. I mean, I just imagine you just add more nukes to the to the equation, right? Uh, when in doubt, just just nuke it out, man. <laughs> I, yeah, you know what? I can't imagine we would just stop at one and be like, all right, let's just hope that works. Yeah, hopefully that, that ought to be good enough. Yeah, yeah just, just nuke it. Um, so, yeah, something. Like, despite nuking the uh, asteroid, it's intended to blow a relatively small asteroid to pieces. And then um, these are the ones that we have very little warning time, like I was saying. And they're saying it's, you know, very effective um, if the impact is less than a year away. And so these uh, all these models were based off a one megaton yield nuclear bomb hitting a a 100 meter wide or a 328 foot wide asteroid. So and one megaton is not a lot. We have nukes out there that do like 300 megaton shit. We do. We really do. So I was thinking that same thing. So I was like, man, yeah. So that's all we're basing. And after five different like asteroid orbits were analyzed and they did all the models and stuff, they performed detonations, you know, via like a week to six months before impact. And they figured out that uh, we can hit it. Uh, if we can hit an asteroid two months before it's, it's going to hit the Earth, it's possible to reduce uh, the rate of, restru- uh, of destruction to about 0.1% of the original mass. Wow. So basically, if we can catch it two months ahead of time and probably nuke the, the ever-loving shit out of it, we could probably, you know, it still says 0.1% of the rocks would still be hitting Earth, which I thought was kind of crazy. It's like, really? They, oh, yeah. They still think it's going to, like, head our way and stuff? Well, for sure, because you're blowing this thing into thousands of tiny pieces, 
And if they don't burn up in the atmosphere, they're definitely going to make contact. So you're just pelting the earth at that point. They were mentioning like it's going to like once you do this, it is you have to figure out all the small shit that's going to happen too. So it really does depend on the size too. Like if it's a, this was based off like a smaller. So like if it's a bigger asteroid, uh, there's still a chance of reducing the impact to just one percent if we hit it six months ahead of its due date. So it depends. So if there's a really big one on the way, if if we catch it six months before it's about to hit, we can just again nuke the ever loving shit out of it. In theory. We should are, be fine. I'm wondering, are our nukes of the caliber that they can achieve? Uh, get out there, basically. Yeah, achieve. I don't think so. Uh, break the, the Carmen line and get out there. And I mean, I'm sure we could slap something together. You know, if we had to. Yeah. You know, get I mean, out of Kinkos, bro. Yeah. Is isn't the whole reason we don't put nukes in space because it would be super dangerous to detonate one in the atmosphere and spread uh, nuclear fallout across the upper atmosphere it would suck to do that i feel like that's yeah that's like the that is a we, bad thing yeah we don't have nukes in space ready to just like dump on other countries that's probably a good idea honestly i was wondering because if you just nuke in space i feel like the radiation just magically goes away uh does it kind of dissipate into space because there's I'm, nothing there radiation is a wave yeah right yeah it's not a particle we're physicists yeah yeah okay that and i think sense. it would go away because like Fucking a blast! The, uh, if you nuke the ground, obviously the ground's fucked, the air's fucked, everything's fucked. But none of that stuff's in space. It's a lack of anything. Does I think you can just nuke? I think you can just nuke on. You're Fact. fine. Fact, brother. I'm nuking it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of uh, the story uh, I did uh, months ago about um, the team of scientists they gather every year to go over these yes. doomsday scenarios about comets coming in. And um, last year they failed. And then the the year after that, they failed. So we're waiting on this year to see what happens. And chances are they're going to fail again. <laughs> it all depends on, uh, I guess, like we just said, like how much time you have. If it's uh, an asteroid is going to destroy the Earth next month. I mean, you know, on the way to Earth, I should say. Yeah, you got to go to Kinko's, get the rockets, and fucking put them on the nukes. That's, that takes like at least two weeks. But it- Maybe the Bozozo Express can ferry these Ooh. things up there. He could save us all, possibly. Right? Maybe Amazon the 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 nukes up there. <laughs> Just throw a bunch of envelopes at, at it, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, yeah. So of course the, the their preferred option is to deflect an asteroid when it's even further from like. So basically, you want a year out or stuff. That's why it's like you said that asteroid they're tracking. That's like twenty something years, and it's like getting close to us. So yeah. I like that they're. They're aware of the big stuff, and if so, they'll just nuke it. Or because if we, what if we knew there was an asteroid that was going to, like a, the we just heard, we learned earlier that it was a six mile asteroid that destroyed the dinosaurs. What if we found out there was a ten mile one coming, but it was like twenty years away? We could do it. Yeah, I mean that twenty years would be a lot of time to prepare. That'd be great. We'd have to nuke the crap out of it. I don't even know if we'd use we would nukes at it. that point. We yeah. would. We'd basically try to like maybe nuke a side of it and try to nudge it. So it would just never even touch us. Train, I mean, change the, the trajectory instead of destroy it. We are so fucked if that happens. Like, there's no, there's no getting around that. Like, we're not landing anybody on it to drill a hole in it. Like, it's not happening. You can just land a machine and just like even like a little going for like twenty years would probably push it off far enough. Like an, like a bunch of ion engines or something, some self propelled something like, or other. You don't watch the expanse, but they have all these little, like drones that go and just like attach. Like if they find a bunch of space debris, they just send out the drones and they just, they attach and they just go Psh! and they're like little detachable propulsion little engine things, and they're helpful for what you would need to just grab a space object and bring it into your port, I guess. I don't know your cargo bay, I should say. What a trip! Okay, so these guys, these guys think it's possible. Yeah, remember times times always a thing. If we know it's coming, we can nuke it. And just keep nuking it until it goes away. But if it's two months, if it's that was like sound like there's lowest. And they, they said they ran oh, they ran scenarios where it was like a week out and stuff. I was like, dude, a week out, you're gonna Oh yeah, no. What are you gonna do? Because <laughs> I think the doomsday one I talked about was like six months out and they still couldn't do anything about it. I think it wiped out North Dakota or some shit. Like <laughs> it was it was terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. All right. Well I got a fun one for you. It's a dumb criminal story. Hey. Yeah, I love these. Have you guys ever sold anything on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace? Yes. eBay a long time ago. eBay, okay. Back in the day. Okay. Yeah, kind of the same principle. The idea that like you got to come up with a strong title 
and then a description, mm-hmm. and then the picture goes a long way as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I sold um, a mirror and had a dick pic, and like when I was taking the picture of it, did you? And yeah. it sold immediately. No, right? I, I got reported and never. <laughs> I can't use eBay, eBay to this day. <laughs> Surprised they could pick that up in the mirror, being no, smaller yeah, than an ant's very, head. I have a very. You can tell it's me. <laughs> 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 it's got your social security oh, number. Okay. Yeah, I, t- I regret that tattoo every day of my life. <laughs> so a guy in Missouri posted an ad for a catalytic converter on Facebook Marketplace. Okay. And uh, immediately for me, when I was reading this story and I, I read catalytic converter, I was like, oh, red flag. Like, yeah, <laughs> something something's up with this guy. Because I've heard, yeah, like recently, especially with all the COVID stuff, pe- there was a whole wave of people stealing catalytic converters, right? So it seemed to be some hot item. It is because it has a uh, platinum inside. So oh, it's a precious metal and it can be uh, you know, traded in for scrap for a decent amount. I just thought there was a lot of catalytic that needed. Converting, converting like somewhere yeah. i'm like damn that that motherfucker's converting <laughs> the shit out of that catalytic so the uh the photo he posted showed the catalytic converter in a box so points there i was like okay it's just okay. the box isn't it okay yeah 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 because yeah. uh, you know if it was like some janky job where he cut it from under a chevy and took it out i was like all right, all right. okay fuck this guy but um what it also showed in the picture was a big bag of meth in the background oh fuck. that means this guy's serious He's he's a motivated he's, seller. Yeah, he's like, don't fuck with me. I got a bag of meth. <laughs> I don't fuck with people with meth. Right? If you see a bag of meth, you're like, I'm not going to fuck with this guy. I will buy the <laughs> the stuff <laughs> off, the catalytic converter off of you. But <laughs> So people figured out it was meth because next to the big bag was a spoon and a syringe. Oh, I thought you, wasn't that a heroin? I don't know shit about drugs. I thought that was a heroin thing, though. I, you yeah, inject meth? I don't, I don't quite know, but at the end of the day... Uh, you into meth. If the spoon and <laughs> if the spoon and syringe hadn't been there, it would have just been a bag of like rock Crystals. salt, you know, like something that looks like that. So we had the paraphernalia, right? Yeah, next to it, stupid, stupid, <laughs> dumb criminals. I know, man. A picture of a cat with the meth next to it. <laughs> uh, I almost thought you were gonna say he's trying to sell meth online. Isn't that what he's trying to do? Like a bag. If I saw that, I could be like the hey, homie, I saw you. Although he's high, he's high on meth one day, and he's, he's like, "No one's ever tried this before." He'd have to, he'd have to like hope like people in the auto industry who would need a catalytic converter also smoke meth. <laughs> who smokes meth? <laughs> like other people who need catalytic converters, bro. You gotta convert that catalytic. So they, uh, someone online alerted local th- authorities, and the authorities were able to get a search warrant for the house, and they searched it and found. They confiscated 48 grams of meth and a handgun. Ooh, that's a sizable amount of meth, my friend. It really is, I think, yeah. right? I, I don't know, but I like <laughs> for me, I'd assume. It, it looked bigger than a sandwich bag. It didn't look yeah. like one of those one liter Ziploc bags, but it was definitely bigger than well, a sandwich bag. Well, an ounce bag, of like, you know, marijuana, that's 28 grams, and that's like a lot of marijuana. So this is 48, so that's basically double that, roughly. So that's a lot, and that's meth. So that seemed like a lot of meth. Yeah, it's a decent chunk. Decent chunk of meth. So, dumb criminals. I'd give that to the six-year-old for his birthday party. Uh, the meth or the yeah. catalytic converter? Okay, the uh, meth. Yeah, yeah, I think the meth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he'd have more fun on that <laughs> for, the, for the six more minutes he had to live. <laughs> That's what I should have done. I should have just went with meth instead of a pack of beer. Like. Yeah, you, you know how you could have won? He's like, trade the cigarettes for meth. I would have I won. You would have won. I would have like, I, you can't beat that. I had, no one's ever just traded it in. The, <laughs> I want not this topic instead. Meth. <laughs> so I want to do uh, another rendition of Kickstarter Sharks. Ooh. Haven't played this in a while. Kicksharkers. Kicksharkers. That's what it was. Although, actually, this, this is technically on a website called Indiegogo. Shark starters. I don't want to do that. So, yeah. Shark kickstarty charts. Go-go. Kick charts. Okay. Let's just roll the tape. Okay, Indie shark go Oh, fuck. I'm so stupid. I forgot I had a picture of that. Fucking, uh, this is the mannequin from that story earlier. I had a picture yeah. of it. I'm so dumb. Looks like a person clinging to the side. It does. Uh, uh, call back. Sorry about that. Anyway. So, really quick, I want to show you this device. And you guys need to tell me if you will invest in this and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. It's called the Vendetta. It is an electric caterpillar tracked all-terrain snowboard. Caterpillar tracked? What does that mean? 
an electric like a caterpillar uh like construction machine kind of like, like a, a bulldozer and something like, How a it has like a tank track yeah, yeah okay exactly okay. so an electric caterpillar tracked all-terrain snowboard it's called the vendetta and some more information about it it's an articulated snowboard like deck that the rider stands upon and underneath which are two inline snowmobile snowmobile like treads the rider steers by shifting their weight it's propelled by two brushless dc electric motors one for each tread allowing for variable front and rear traction control um, I'm going to show you a video pretty soon. Are you strapped into it? Kind of. Here, let me show you the video. And it's all terrain. Yes. And yet they call it a, a snowboard. S- yeah. <laughs> it's like snowboard, uh, you know, skateboard. Like, I'm going to show you the video. <laughs> so there it is. Um, there's the wow. vendetta. It Ooh, showed him. He's looks like, pretty cool. He's like, sure oh, he's going on the, he's on the beach. He was, uh, he's on a trail. That thing looks badass. It really right? does. So describe what you're seeing to the audience, just in case. It's a guy on some sort of board with two treads on the bottom and uh, he's going over bumps and logs and stuff and it looks pretty cool it looks um tactical Damn. you know it it looks cool yeah it's like two parted and stuff so that kind of helps it looks like, futuristic yeah it, yeah it does so yeah you guys get it there from 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 that stuff so okay so you've seen what it looks like now we've What's described it called? it it's called the vendetta the vendetta and it's based off an older model there used to be a gas powered version Jeez. And the guy, like, for the longest time, was trying to make it into an electric, and he has. So here's some more information about it, and I'm going to ask you the price. What do you think the retail price is? So, uh, so the mo- uh, so the motors are powered by a swappable lithium, uh, lithium. Yeah, that I'm stupid. Uh, lithium ion battery <laughs> pack, which is claimed to be good for an average ride of 40 minutes, based off a 165 pound user traveling at 16 miles an hour on flat ground. How many? <laughs> okay, average? so 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It said swappable. It said swappable. So How many? Get a bunch of packs. Average bro. users are 165. That's pounds. pretty light, I yeah. noticed. And uh, so the device itself is 40. Three pounds with a top speed of thirty-one miles per hour. Ooh. So remember that. So it says six, that with that, nothing on. So it. that figured that figure before was like a light person at half its speed, uh. forty minutes. So if you want to go full throttle, it's literally going to be like we don't know. 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, so it also utilizes the Vendetta uses uses a handheld wireless controller for acceleration and braking. And it displays information about the battery speed and stuff. And so that's pretty much the information. And so now let's put on our thinking caps. I want you to answer a couple of these questions now. How much do you think the retail price is for a device of, you know, of the Vendetta's quality? And so, and then I want you to ask, so here's the goal for the Kickstarter. The goal was $51,000. You need to answer, did they make the goal or not? And it is closed too. So I know the answer. There's no would they, if they. So their goal is $51,000. Did they make the goal or not? And then tell me what the retail price is. For the vendetta. Yes, they made the goal because people will buy anything. And the retail price, I'm going to say, is I mean, it's got to cost less than a PlayStation 5, right? And how much are those going for? I don't know. I'd say, five, I'd say 500. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, maybe it's a little more. I'm going to go 700 for the cost. Okay. I think they made the goal, and I think it costs like 1500 All right. They did not make their goal. Oh. <laughs> so they made like $5,664. What? And wow. the retail price was $5,100. Oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dummies. $5,000 for that device. It looked expensive. Well, here's the thing. Like it, it, The only benefit to that particular device is that it's all terrain. Because you have all sorts of other... New things out here that just that, you know, motorized skateboards or you have that one wheel, you have all sorts of goofy shit out there now Mm -hmm. that can propel you. True. And $5,000 for this shit? Yeah. You can go out and have an ATV. Well, or yeah, something, go get a knockoff uh, hoverboard or some for sure. shit for a couple hundred bucks. I, mean, I guess you couldn't because they were showing this thing on like a, a bike trail, basically, or something, and it can go over like small logs and shit, and all that. That's all awesome and cool, but we we with our detective skills figured out it, it lasts for like twenty seconds or something. Uh-huh. Like it won't yeah. even last that long. So unless you just had like a literally wearing a battery pack or something, like so the idea is cool, but it's not feasible. It needs work. Yep. I tricked you guys. I because usually it's always <laughs> it's always like they made their gold, made their money, and it's always so. No. I thought they made it for sure. I the, did too. The price point is just way too high. They they wanted fifty one thousand. They wanted fifty one thousand for yeah. the goal, and yeah, and supposedly there's like ten of these devices that exist, and I think they're just going to the highest bidder now. Uh-huh. Cool. Is what I was kind of looking into. So mm. ten of them exist, but again, like it's more of a novelty. I wish it was yeah. kind of more badass and kind of like if that thing could last an hour, even. 
Yeah. Then now we're talking about maybe, and especially if it's a swappable battery or all that bullshit. But yeah, I mean, thirty-one miles is fast. Probably wouldn't go that fast. It no. is on flat land. Yeah, not over when you're on a board. trail because the, I mean the whole again the whole thing about this is the fact that it can go off road. True. Like otherwise, it's it's a bigger, clunkier version of everything else that's on the market right now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, well, that's too bad. Well, good job, charts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. It's it's about that time again. Yeah, I think it is. Okay, then. Well, join us next time when we talk about Sean's Q-tip collection. Oof, so many. I got this one that dates back. Hey, thanks for joining us on Better Than Most Things. Keep in mind that we are enthusiasts, not experts. If you want to know more about the topics we discussed, we encourage you to research them yourself and let us know if we missed anything. Submit your questions or interesting topics to our Discord. For all the latest updates, subscribe to our Twitter and Instagram, both at btmt underscore podcast. And please rate and subscribe on your podcast app.